you once again for joining us here in an episode that follows up on the previous episode talking about the International Women's Day experience and what was shared by the different uh, speakers. And it was still all about equity. So in this particular episode, we shall listen to Cecilia Liu, who's the founder and director of ILIA Connect Communication Consultant. And she's a coach and also a writer uh, based in Canada. She'll be talking about how favoritism and imbalanced power in your upbringing led her to an inclusion inclusive work. Then it will be me, your host, Stella Olivia Kikoyo. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of the Stella Women Magazine and iWork Lab. I'm also a chartered marketer and a life and a business coach and a podcaster. I'll be talking about self-identity as a key aspect in transformation. So we shall also have a Q&A session, which you will be able to experience as it happens on the day. We we'll also have Dr. Catherine, who's a certified neurotherapist, that's brain health, licensed clinical psychologist, a board certified neurotherapist, and the CEO of Optimum Neuro uh, Holistic Services, an international speaker and an author. She'll be talking about women's wellness and equity perspective. We'll also have, but I won't be limited, and to Divya, Divya Parker, who is our main, one of our main um, contributors to the Stella Woman magazine. She, she is a business growth strategist and an authority positioning advisor. She'll be talking about business storytelling. I'm sure you're going to learn a lot. So please stay put Listen in and be inspired, make a change and thrive. Don't forget to let us know how you were inspired. I have the distinct privilege of introducing the woman of the hour, our very own Stella. Um, I don't even remember how we met, but uh, I can truly say that she has been a wonderful sister and friend. Indeed, she is the founder and editor-in-chief of Stellar Woman magazine. Um, the Eyewall Club. She's a chartered marketer, life and business coach. She is a podcaster. She is a wife, mother of three, and senior lecturer in London, uh, where she does marketing. And she is going to be talking about self-identity as a key aspect of transformation. So unmute your mics and put your hands together for our very own, the founder, and the reason why we are all here to celebrate Stella Kikoyo. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Monique, for that. And thank you again uh, for all of you being here. And why I chose, you can hear me? Yeah, okay. So I chose self-identity for this particular session. And it's so familiar with what Cecilia was talking about, this upbringing, our, our culture, how it puts context around us. And we form an identity that is so much aligned with a belief system and how people behave around us. And that's why I think it was so much aligned. I thought, my goodness, it's, I, I, I didn't know, I read Cecilia's topic, but I didn't know it was going to be that related to what I have to talk about. 
Um, to me, um, and having this honor to speak to you, I'm, I'm really grateful. I find that in us transforming ourselves, in us moving forward, and in us to talk about the aspect of equity, there's something that is really fundamental, and that's the seed that comes from self-identity. I thought before you can talk about equity or equality, whatever our emotion is, is the fact that there's an aspect called identity. From the level when you identify yourself, you start to move forward. You start to have life experiences that are best on that identity. And many of us, that identity is based on the values the belief systems for those who raised us. And many of us, even when I do my coaching, we are we get attached to those values and those belief systems. We have no way of disintegrating from the belief. We think we are that belief. And from that belief, we have thoughts. And from those thoughts, we transcend. Of course, we are perceiving. And whatever form that we perceive is what we identify and project to the world. Now, if we are going to go ahead and talk about equity, ask yourself at this point in time, what is your identity? Your identity. It doesn't matter who says what you are. And thank goodness for Monique's um, uh, introduction. It doesn't matter what Monique will say about me. What matters is what I say to myself. And that is where the power is. When we talk about empowerment, that is the actual seed of empowerment. And to me, I felt like as uh, my colleague um, was asking me, you, are you, what are you going to talk about? I thought about so many topics, but I thought this is where everything changes. This is where transformation happens because that's where my transformation happened. And if you had Cecilia's story very well, that's where her change started. She had to look at the person that she was or being a identified and the person she wanted to become and the change she wanted to bring to the world. So who are you? Ask yourself, who am I? That's a, a very big question. And I think if in the world you have to stop by answering just that question, I think you would have done enough for yourself because many of us, we go through this world without even knowing who we are. And I think time needs to be there. Then if we are going to transform, we need to transcend to asking ourselves who we want to become. So it still doesn't matter what society or the next of neighbor or your mom or your sister defines you like. It's who you want to become. And at that point in time, I want you to think about that identity. What is that person you want to become? If at all you answered who you are at this point in time. What have you been identified, identifying with? What thoughts do you keep around yourself? And I have to stress this because from experience, people are identifying with their thoughts and beliefs. I used to be, I could still be defined as shy, very reserved, very, very reserved. I have lots of people actually within this setup who know me quiet as a gal. 
I could hardly put my hand up. It's because I had my eyes in the outer world and less in the inner world. And then I thought these things that I thought were my identity were me, were actually me. I can't change. I'm shy. I'm reserved. That's it. But then there was a person I wanted to become. And there was a total dismatch. That personality that I am defining with and the person I wanted to become were completely different. And I had to think about what is required for that new being. And that's when I had to start to look at what I was identifying with and the stories I was telling myself, talking about my values. What are those things that you identify as your values? Are they truly your values? Do they serve you? Those values, some of them are good values, but some of them were values that you're carrying along that belonged to a hundred years ago or 10 years ago. And today we are in the information era. Really, we are going to Web3 is taking over. And does that value actually serve you as a woman who has to work in the new era? So those are the things where I thought about this is where we need to start the change. The change needs to start within the woman herself, within that woman and how she identifies with, what she identifies with. She has to look at what she has been identified with and what she wants to become and make that transition. Be empowered to know that you are enough and that the power is within you to make that change. Every value you hold on influences your choices and then your action and then your results. So you have to question those values and see if they serve you to be able to transform and transcend into the person that you are truly called to be. The reason why I changed my background was because I wanted to introduce Stella Woman just to talk about that. The Stella Woman is the ideal woman for yourself. No one defines that Stella Woman for you. And for those who have read the Stella Woman magazine, the question goes to every woman. And every woman identifies and defines their Stella Woman. And because all these women are aspiring women, they always have something ahead of them, where they are walking towards. And I enjoy that question very much. Who is that ideal woman? Who is your ideal woman? Who's that woman that you want to become? How does she live? Where does she live? What does she do? She's smiling all the time. So those are the things that I would like us to think about. Drop the traits that don't serve you as the ideal woman that you're going to become. What are new interests? What challenges do you have to take on that will need to transform you so that you break loose from that cocoon, whatever you've created? I don't know which particular book this uh, particular, I got this information from. I'm thinking it is Charles Hanel, that is the master king. But he talks about light and how people identify with darkness and feel safe within darkness. But there's light within us that needs to come out and people are scared of that light. 
But with the difference you made for me, you know, when people talk about the light at the end of the tunnel, it had never transformed me. The way this particular author talked about the power of light in darkness. It helped me go into my imagination and think about that little light, that light that I could take as a candle into a dark room, what that could mean. So many of us women are scared of our light, but that little light that is in you could be what is needed in the darkness around you. So you need to be able to step into that light, Face that fear, whatever it is, face it. That's where courage is. You don't have to become the president of your country to make a change. You don't have to. You just have to do what you need to do one step at a time. That little change is what another woman and another girl is waiting for to see and admire and become inspired and become empowered to be able to move and make a change in their lives. You are all a light and I love you dearly. I know you're going to transform. And today I want you to think about your identity. What is your self identity? What is your perception of yourself? What is that image of you? And how is it going to serve you as the woman who's required to achieve equity? I know you are powerful. You are amazing. You are everything that you will say you are. You are what you say that you are, not what anybody says that you are. You are that that you are. So take on whatever you have to take on and go ahead and transcend, transform and transcend so that we can be able to all achieve equity. Because if we all rise up to our call, to our full potential, the world will be a better and a brighter world. Continue sharing the spirit, continue sharing the knowledge, continue inspiring one another. It's been great being here. And love you, and let's continue to enjoy the day. Have a great time. Can we give a round of applause for the beautiful and fabulous Stella, y'all? That was amazing. That was, she said, a lot of pertinent points that we can all um, relate to. And yes, let's give it up for her. Yes, she has been empowering all of us uh, for quite a while. I've, I've not known her that long, but every time I go on social media, she is there smiling and encouraging and building up women and giving us so much love and light and positivity. So we send all of that love and light and positivity right back to her. I think right now uh, we're going to have a Q&A session. Is that right, Stella? That's right, that's right. Okay, does anyone have a question for any of the speakers, the previous speakers? Oh, yeah. Um, so, Cecilia, um, I have a family in Canada, so I spent most of my um, childhood um, having holidays in Canada. Um, so I kind of know, and I'm the black sheep of the family, so I kind of know where you're coming from. 
Um, and it is very upsetting uh, to be put in that position by your family. Um, so, I mean, I don't have children. So, I mean, apart from your child, how do you mostly generate your strength? Thank you for your question, Lucy. Um, how do I build my strength? Um, I think it's from all the past experience in life, um, divorce, um, redundancy. I would say is probably the work that I did on myself 20 years ago before my relocation. I did a lot of, um, you know, assessment and introspection. Um, I think understanding you as a person, what you stand for, that gives you uh, something at a conscious level, what, what you uh, what you value, what you believe in and um, anchor yourself on those values and, and personal beliefs. And um, I think I've always had the personality that um, uh, that I hold on to what I believe to be the right thing to do. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, right now I'm, you know, I would say the caregiving situation for my mother over the past couple of years have really pushed me to the corner to speak up more and to really um, not be afraid to speak out. Because I think that family dynamics that many of us um, have had to live through decades sometimes, and, and my personality in the past is I don't want, I don't like confrontations. And so choosing to avoid things that was on me. And so I think over the past couple of years, I've had to, again, that how am I showing up? Like instead of complaining, how am I showing up? And what can I do to change um, the direction where things are? I think over the past couple of years, uh, with the extra time and space from the pandemic and, and um, you know, has really helped me have a lot of internal dialogues like how do I want things to change and do I want this to keep going because you know we're all up there with age do we want to set a bad example for our kids you know always complain yes I have my daughter to go to but I think it, it gets tiring sometimes to complain and area frustration and when you do that within your family and you don't feel that people are listening or have the capability to listen, which is a skill not everybody um, is good at, then you have to, you know, shut up and stop talking and come up with a different strategy. Um, so, yeah, and, and in terms of building resilience, I think it's, don't be afraid to avoid things, just step into the experience and your intuition will guide you um, to take uh, a decision that you know how and, 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 you know, for the best in the moment. And if in the next moment you think that you said something wrong or did something uh, inappropriate, then when you know better, do better. And that's a quote from uh, Maya Angelou that I uh, always remind myself. So I hope that um, helps it's helpful uh, Lucy you're on mute 
yeah, definitely. You have to do what's right for you and your intuition will tell you everything. Like, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm like a tomboy and I'm like, as soon as I found my voice, I was shouting and singing and screaming to everyone, right? And I think, like, my parents always wanted, like, this little quiet girl kind of thing. And they still can't quite cope with how I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 43 and they're still trying to get me to be, like, this little shy girl. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, it's like... It really annoys me, but because they're, like, over 70, you can't start having arguments with, with like, elderly people, you know, right? So, um, so yeah, what I'm just saying is you have to stay true to yourself, not... And it's who you tell yourself you are, right? Is who, who you are, not who your family says you are. Because if I listened to my family, I'd be in the ground. I, I can relate, but there's also a balance between... Um fully expressing who you are and mm. and being respectful of how much other people can take whether it's i got uh, you there i do understand loudly. that yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I i went through that journey as well and i think mm. the relocation relocation back to asia and understanding my culture a bit mm. more i understand um there are approaches that we can change not to our core and personality but our approach because mm. a lot of uh, you know if you imagine an onion what's on the outside it's only approach you can yeah. use, you can change those without changing your core yeah see i mean i'm i'm kind of at this uh, at a level at a stage at the moment where i've had a lot of time off work in the past three years so i've kind of maybe overanalyzed things a little bit as well um but I'm not happy with my friend circles. Um, I'm very happy with this group. But I'm talking about like old school friends and things like that. And I'm going to a stage where I need to go to the gym to take out my anger and frustration about these people. I mean, because anyway, it's a, it's a long story, but I think if you can channel your energy into becoming a, a better person for you and your family, it's always good, you know, but... Yeah, I think you, you have to you have to be good to your family. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes you have to learn to channel your energy in the right way, you know. Um, absolutely. As as you as we age, <clears throat> something more precious than time is your energy. So yeah. be, be mindful where you who you spend it on and where you spend it. And if you yeah. think it's the your current network that's dragging you down mm. go meet other people that can help um you know renew and regenerate because i don't know who said it who you who you hang around you will become so be mindful of who you spend your time with yeah and no, i tell you i mean it, 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 there's this one friend like who is is the spouse doesn't like me you know that sort of scenario so we've been friends since nursery and suddenly she got married and the spouse doesn't like me but, um, um, Lucy, sorry, um, we, we need to get another opportunity for someone's question. Right. To be answered. Sure. Thank you very much. Thank um, you for your question. Uh, sorry for that. Thank you, Cecilia, for answering that. I hope, um, but you can still chat to Cecilia uh, so that you okay. can that. But for now, we want to give an opportunity to one more question. Um, I don't know if Marlene has got that question. Um, she was supposed to take care of... Um, um, is Nefertari still here? 
I think the Fatari has jumped off. Um, I think um, there's a question that came in. Marlene, you're able to read it? I think the question is, correct me if I'm wrong, Stella, how can you keep on the trail of who you want to be despite the social and financial hurdles? Okay. I think that's a good question. Thank you very much, Marlene. I think it is really um, a question of first, there's something that is called imagination. Imagination is more powerful than willpower. You know, people who are strong, who are whatever it is, whatever you think someone is, maybe physically, your imagination of who you are is the most important thing that you can start to do because that's the power nobody can take away from you. Already that's your power. And it is known to be more powerful than any kind of physical power. So anything, any limitation for those who know me, I was a child, I think I have people that I would like to even go deeper into my history. A lot of people have helped me to become the woman that I am today. And I, my mom is actually here as well. There were no finances. I was raised in Uganda. I was raised somewhere where many of you cannot even identify. I was that girl that many of you cannot even identify with today. So your finances, your circumstances today do not define you at all at all. So transcend by defining that person in your mind today. That person, there is a law of attraction. A lot of things are happening in the world. The women who are here before don't even know, couldn't have imagined that women across or men across continents would ever have a conversation at the same time. So there's a lot of things that are not in your control. What is in your control is how you define yourself. So whether you have financial hurdles, and I was an orphan, I was offered help, people used to come and help me, and I've transcended from one place to another, one state to another. People have come in to help me to become the person I am. If I identified with that little girl whose mom, I used to worry for my mom, I used to worry for my mom, she had all of us to think about how would she ever even pay my school fees? I couldn't even see. And my school fees, I have to tell you, I think it wasn't even more than 30 pounds. I don't think it was more than that. And how have I become to be a woman who has all these other degrees? The world has just evolved. I've got sponsorships here, sponsorships there. Yeah, over time, everything has just transcended. It was not in my control. Never was my um, circumstances that were outside me, like finances, as a little girl. Were they in my control? No. You do what is in your control. I remember my auntie one time. I'll go quickly here. I, she's not here. I thought she would come. I remember when I was starting my degree, it was a very expensive degree, a bachelor's of um. BBA, Bachelor's of Business Administration. And it was unheard of to pay 1 million Uganda shillings. I told my aunt, my mom has no money. My mom cannot do this. And my auntie asked me one question, Stella. What is your part? What can you do, you as you? I said, auntie, to study. She said, go off and do that. And today, that's history today. Money came, money showed up. I studied. 
do what you can do today. What can you do today? And keep your imagination into what you want to become. I wanted to become a lecturer. I wanted it so much. Then that's another history onto that. So nothing defines you. Life experiences, your past do not define you. Create an identity, visualize it, keep that imagination strong, be as clear as possible and you will transform. Let your finances and social circumstances not define the person that you're going to become. A lot of stories are out there of people. I don't know if you read uh, this a woman, I've forgotten her story. Um, I mean, her name, the Tanzanian woman, uh, we featured her in the Stella Woman magazine, who has been uh, featured in on Oprah very many times. She's not Tracy, but she has a teen name. Um, she did not have any money. She was in a village. Today, she runs over 10 schools. She has a PhD. She was a woman with six children, no husband, in a village. Her grandmother told her to write down her dreams. She wrote them down on paper and told her to bury them. And those dreams she has realized because she told her to add one extra dream, what she would do for the rest of the world, something that is not hers. And she put down schools. She has 10 schools. Lots of people have contributed, including Oprah Winfrey, to those 10 schools. So transform yourselves by creating that identity and that imagination. So thank you for that question. Okay, so we know that we are running out of time and many of you are interested in. So if you can get yourself a glass of water uh, in a way so that we can transform. It has been a great session seeing all of you and knowing that you are all powerful and being here to acknowledge that power because you are all powerful and I'm grateful that you're here. So we are going to transform to the second session. Yeah, we'll have Dr. Catherine Jackson. I've seen Dr. Catherine, thank you for joining us. Oh, Monique, Monique is already here, which is fantastic. And we have Monica and we have Gretchen who's already here. So that's uh, amazing. Um, this is the second session and welcome again. Um, so Dr. Catherine is a certified neurotherapist um, that is brain health. She's a licensed clinical psychologist, a body certified neurotherapy CEO of Optimum Neuro Holistic Services, an international speaker and an author. We've had a pleasure of Dr. Catherine's uh, contribution in the Stella Woman magazine, and we've been able to work with her for quite some time now, and we're excited to have her here to share her uh, perspective on women's wellness and equity perspective. So over to you, Dr. Catherine. Um, I'm gonna try to go quickly <laughs> to get everything in for the time uh, that I have. And so um, I am talking about uh, women's wellness and from an equ equitable um, perspective. And so just a second, I can't see my screen. <laughs> there we go. And so um, 
So when we talk about women in wellness, um, historically speaking, we've been faced with quite a few uh, different things um, as women throughout history. Um, some of those things would be stigma, um, mistreatment, misdiagnosis, and, um, and on and on. And so even though in the beginning we've come a long way, um, there's still a lot to do um, and shedding a light on just the history of it is one of the big steps for this month and beyond. And so here are some of the things I could not possibly in seven minutes talk about all of the different things that we women have faced in our history. Um, but in our, especially when we talk about women, uh, women's wellness. And so we sometimes we have, and this has been highlighted by some of the speakers before me about how uh, different it is for women in the workplace to get advancement. A lot of times women uh, may not get um, the support that they need. And then there's a lack of work-life balance. Um, then there's so many disparities in um, women's wellness when we talk about uh, like the physical health. Uh, things like so much research and support for uh, men. Oh, that should be an in on there. Men with Viagra, but then very little or very, um, uh, much more lack of that for women when we go through menopause. And then one of the things that's the biggest for my field is hysteria. Um, that was a diagnosis, just like uh, being uh, a part of the LGBTQ community was a diagnosis <laughs> in the past um, to, to stigmatize people in that community. And then hysteria was something that was assigned to a lot of women uh, if women were not controllable or not understandable or, or just any kind of thing, we would get this very harsh um, diagnosis. And so uh, we want to make sure that we're making things more equitable. And one of the biggest ways to change the narrative um, for ourselves is by taking care of ourselves. And so uh, before we move on, I just want to do a quick self-assessment. Let me see if I can make this a little smaller. A quick self-assessment. What do you feel like you need for yourself? Just take a moment to check in with yourself. And notice how you feel or any thoughts that you have. I'm just going to take a peek. Yep, healthy food. It's the Lenten season for me, so I'm eating healthier. <laughs> um, some time for creativity. I, I, I'm with you there. I, that always seems to fall by the wayside. Some quiet time, some unplugged time. Yes, and you can keep uh, funneling those in. Um, and I'm just going to move forward because I don't want to be too late <laughs> with my time. But one of the ways that we can begin to give some of those things to ourselves, whatever you assess and whatever you identify that you feel like you need here today, is to begin to uh, care for yourself. Um, it's not something, I mean, it's, I feel like it became like a huge buzzword uh, within the uh, pandemic, self-care, self-love, all that kind of stuff, but it's not uh, it's not just a buzzword. It's not just self-indulgence. It's actually a way to self-preserve, and it's an act of political warfare, sorry, um, and it's a whole movement. So you want to make sure that you are taking time to take care of you. And so why don't we 
why don't we take care of ourselves as women? There's so many reasons. Sometimes we self, uh, neglect ourselves, putting other people first. I have a million uh, things I could say here, um, but in the interest of time, I wonder um, if you could put in the in the comment section something that something that has um, kept you from taking care of you. Uh, if it's one of these that you've fallen prey to, okay, or if it's something else entirely that has kept you from taking care of yourself, just throw that in the um, comments section um, as I keep chatting, and I will look at it too. And so um, lack of caring for ourselves, I think everybody here already probably knows this, but it's not something that I think stays in the forefront of our minds. And so it can lead to a great number of different things, um, uh, starting with mental health, impacting how you feel about yourself and your self-esteem. And then if, it's, if these things are gone unaddressed, then it will start to impact our physical health and show up as physical illnesses. And we don't want that. We're too dope for that. We don't, we're too beautiful and too smart <laughs> to be falling prey to those kind of things. And so some of the um, advantages or some of the benefits of, um, of caring for yourself are, I've listed some of them here, but there are many of them. Um, but the biggest thing is that when we take care of ourselves, we, um, we are, we're, we're teaching other people how to treat us. And we are much better for whatever it is that we are trying to do. Oftentimes, we are much better for those things that we put ahead of taking care of ourselves. These are some of the core domains of wellness. And for what I do, I focus primarily on the emotional and mental health um, part, parts of the wellness will. Um, but they also, when people come in to work with me for their mental health and emotional needs, all the other domains hinge on the, the mental health, they, they connect. And so oftentimes people's um, emotional well-being or their mental health might be low because they are overworked or burned out because they are doing so much within their occupational uh, um, domain. And so what we would like when we think about the domains of wellness is to try to have it be as balanced as possible. We don't want to be like, totally winning in the occupational uh, domain and then failing socially and failing um, emotionally. And so we want to make sure that we're keeping uh, things pretty balanced. And there are so many different ways to take care of mental health um, and as a way to, to be fair to ourselves. And so you can do things like journaling, you can um, you can you can do exercise, eating better, all kinds of different things that we can do to take care of our wellness. Um, but we have to take care of our mental health because it's it's the best way to realize um, or to yeah to realize fairness and to be equitable um, to ourselves. It starts first with us, and how you treat yourself uh, matters because that's how other people learn how to treat you. Uh, we can't expect other people to treat us well, to respect us, and on and on if we don't first do that ourselves and with ourselves. Um, and something else within the mental health space that I feel like has been highlighted throughout a lot of the other talks that were before me, and I'm sure um, some of the ones that will be after me, is that we want to support and uplift and, and encourage each other. 
Uh, we want to start to cut out the gossip. Um, somebody had highlighted about how men get put ahead of women and then broke it down. I, I think it was the first speaker and broke it down how it normally goes amongst um, gender and amongst different races. And if we are fighting against each other too, we are creating part of that problem and keeping the, the wedge in the equity. Um, we are part of that problem. And then another way to take care um, of women's wellness and mental health is to advocate for it, to speak up for yourself. You wanna teach other people and show them how to treat you. And you wanna speak up and let them know what your needs are and put your foot down on certain things <laughs> um, that you want. So take that paid time off. Don't let that, that vacation time just go to waste. <laughs> you wanna be able to, um, to, to take all that time and show them that I will do the work and get paid for that time, um, but I, I won't go over that like ridiculously. Um, and so make sure that you're creating space for self-care. You wanna set and keep your boundaries. You wanna make sure that you pencil yourself in like you would any other appointment um, for yourself or your loved ones. Just put it right on, if you got the digital calendar, if you got the paper calendar, just write it in there, some time for you. Um, enlist, and enlist the help of others. And I believe the first speaker said this too, delegate to other people when you can. We, we can do it all, but we don't have to do it all. <laughs> we can share some of that with other people who are good at doing something else so we can make that space to have rest, to eat well, to get our movement in, and to make sure that we are connecting with other people. And so I'm going to bypass this one, but I, this is just if you... Do you ever find yourself having some concerns or having difficulty kind of managing everything uh, on your own? And then where can you get the support? You don't have to answer that one in the uh, in the box. I have a list of resources right here. I don't know if you want to take a screenshot of this or you want to send this to uh, or what. This is a, a these are good places to find um, mental health support. And there's so many others, even if you Google. Taking care of yourself is so necessary. We want to make sure that we're getting rest. We want to make sure that we're able to reset, refresh, recharge, re rejuvenate, and to restore. And this is a way to be fair to yourself and to be at your best for yourself and others. So go forth, women. This month, which is uh, Women's History Month and beyond, and be unapologetically woman and unapologetically you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope uh, you have all taken away something um, for yourself. I think, I don't know how many times I've heard it, but I think this time uh, I've clearly I'm going to do that. I'm going to schedule that time. I'm going to pencil it in. So I'm committed to that change. And I think that's something I can do. So thank you very much, Dr. Catherine. And uh, of course, utilizing the time and, and, and going through it very quickly. And others, if you can find her work in the Stella Woman magazine, it's amazing work that can really transform you and help you uh, get more out of life for us to be able to achieve the things that we have to achieve. Um, uh, Dr. Catherine, as she said, we have to prioritize ourselves. We have to know how to look after ourselves, just like they tell us to do in the uh, when you're taking a flight, 
take care of yourself first before you go anywhere else. <laughs> okay. okay, thank you. All right, ladies, that was that was actually great. Um, thank you for all of that. All of that in her presentation, y'all, is basically in my caregiver book. I don't know how that happened or whatever, but literally it's almost, <laughs> for the lack of better word, word for word. So it was very familiar. Even Stella touched on a couple of points in uh, my caregiver CPR book. So thank you for the confirmation. I was doing the right thing. All right. So uh, we are going to forge ahead with uh, our beautiful Divya, who is an excellent business growth strategy and authority positioning advisor. If you have been following her or seen any of her interviews, she is a powerful, powerful woman. And uh, she is going to be talking about storytelling as it relates to your business. So without further ado, welcome, Divya. So thank you, Monique. Thank you, Stella. And thank you to each and every speaker. Amazing, empowering, and inspiring women. I'm so empowered and inspired today that I cannot share. So what I want to talk about is that every woman has said that it is time for us to step up. It is time for us to speak up. It's time for us. And I will say, I believe in each and every one of you. It's time for you to step up, not only step up, and own the stage. And when I say you own the stages, claim your power. Claim your empowerment and share it with people. I'm not asking you to brag. I'm not asking you to sound braggadocious or be cocky or be arrogant. I'm talking about sharing it through storytelling. And that's where I want to talk about how business storytelling is so important. And let's say, even if you are a mom, you're a single mom, you are working, doesn't matter where you're at. Storytelling can be part of anything. Since thousands of years, what was the number one technique that was used to pass down knowledge from generation to generation. Remember, do you remember sitting with your grandma or your grandpa and them telling you their stories and how they have stuck with you? So that's the power of having that story. And I know, ladies, each and every one of you has gone through some adversities. You have faced challenges. You have faced obstacles in your life. And you have overcome them. So it's not only time to step up. It's your responsibility also to share your story. Because when you share your story, somebody who's behind you or somebody who's suffering with the malaise or with the issues, with the challenges that you faced is thinking, how can I do it? And when they see that you have gone through it, not only they connect with it emotionally, they resonate with it, and then they get empowered. So how everyone has come out and shared their stories, that's what has touched. So that's what I want to talk about is that storytelling as to how can you craft that storytelling. So we're just going to take, given the time we have, a very simple structure, folks. Hero's journey. And as part of Hero's journey, what is it that you do is three simple steps before, during, and after. 
So during the before section, talk about what are your aspirations? What happened? So I'm just going to share one very quick story as to what I went through. So we all have multiple stories. So when I stepped into entrepreneurship, transitioning from corporate world, I was super thrilled because I knew that I was going to make a difference, create an impact. So this is the before piece. And what were my aspirations? My aspirations were to create the empowerment that I was not able to create in the corporate world. I was fortunate to have run multi-million dollar projects and bring a lot of life-changing medications to the market. And yet that human piece missed out on several different levels. So here I was excited, like, yeah, you know what? I'm a business and executive positioning coach. I can help people develop the narratives. My business is flying high. Everything is going great. I'm getting paid speaking engagements. And on the last day of the vacation, beautiful starry night, we had our last meal of the vacation. We're just walking down. It just happens that the whole sky just turned dark and it starts pouring. We can't see North Dakota. And then I slipped on something. And when I landed, <laughs> I can share with you, I saw stars in the pouring rain. And what I found was that I had broken my right shoulder in multiple places. Long story short, so this is the adversity. I went through mental trauma, emotional trauma. The key is to include your emotions, your challenges that you went through. I really felt so inadequate because I couldn't even feed myself. I was trying to use my left hand and I was dependent for every single thing like a baby on others. And it felt so overwhelming. And my mindset was like, how can I even ask anybody for help? So the struggle that I went through, my business tanked, I went into debt of 45K. And I had rock bottom. And then there was something that one of my loved ones said, is that really you? And then it was like, hmm, I've just been wallowing and sitting in this circle of pity that, oh gosh, how did this happen to me? How I was at the peak and how did I hit rock bottom. And that caused a shift. And I decided to pull myself together and regroup. So it took a long time for my shoulder to heal. Long story short, that's why I went into debt. I realized what were the issues, what were the problems. And I wrote my story from there, from my heart. And that began the series of writing books. It's one after the other, went into writing 15 books. And I knew that it's okay to fall, but it's not okay to give up. I fell so many times, folks. I had to eat humble pies and dirt pies, but got out of it and hold my business together. And I'm thrilled to share that I'm back where I was before. So this, these are the three parts of the story where you can take that the character faces 
character has aspirations, where they're at, what's happening. Then they go through a struggle or a challenge, as I mentioned. Also be sure to talk about the emotional piece. And it got to be authentic. It got to come from heart. Do not make up. So share what's going on emotionally, what is happening over here. And once you have done that, speak the language of your audience. And it's not going to be everyone. It may be just one person. It may be multiple people. Speak to that one person who may be experiencing similar challenges like you. And for that person, that person connects and then cause the transition. Like I said, that what was that shifting? What was that turnaround point for me? It was somebody coming and challenging me. And then was it easy? No. So I showed the transformation point. And after that, how did the transition happen? The process, it was not easy. It was a lot of steps, but the key was I didn't give up. So you talk about the process, the transition, your journey of going through and coming out at the other end and then sharing what was achieved at the end. So this way, your audience or the person that you're speaking to, whether it's your child, like, you know, they're going through it and then you have gone through something similar that what your teenager is going through. Or if you are in the corporate share with your employee or with your manager, like anywhere, stories stick. Remember folks, facts tell, stories sell. And I'm not talking about selling only anything over here. I'm talking about sharing and selling the transformation because when people transform, that's when the empowerment happens. And today we just looked at a very short story structure, folks. And I really hope that helps you. And remember that when you share from your heart and you're authentic, you're just sharing and not selling. You're serving and not selling. So I invite you to take your business story, your why that got you into business and create a story around it. And there are stories for every different situation, stories for the whole customer journey, stories for connecting so this was just one template that we talked about. And there are at least 20 templates that we use that can help you be powerful, that can help you grow, and that can help you own the stage and shine the light for others. So be empowered and be the light that shines for others. Thank you. Thank you, Divya. Thank you very much um, for that. And we all know the power of stories. And if you don't know, Divya has just highlighted that. We know that um, Divya is one of our business contributors. She's one person who will help you in positioning, expert positioning. But she is an author of 15 books and um, is amazing in helping women to bring out their stories and be able to become published best sellers. That's it. So um, Thank we you, know, Stella. <laughs> good, good. Um, we have a, a number of questions that are coming through. Please continue to put your questions there. And I think the number of offers coming from different speakers, please utilize the chat and tap into those offers. Um, they could benefit you or any other person that you know. So amazing. We 
We are going to move on to um, the next person. That's Monique Dong. Monique, you're there? I am here. Okay. So Monique is um, many, many things as you've already uh, been able to, to see her here. And um, she is the founder of This Ability LLC. She's an international speaker and author. She's a podcaster and a business manager. She's a mother of two amazing boys. And you can contact her in several ways. And for those who are looking for speakers contacts, they are already there being shared by the Stella Woman magazine. Tap into those speakers' uh, contacts and get in touch with them. So Monique is going to talk about embracing equity, the equality of God. And we're excited to hear that. So over to you, Monique. Thank you so much, uh, Stella, for having me once again. Uh, the first go around was quite phenomenal and I enjoyed it immensely as I am right now. Um, so when we think about having equity in God, I'm going to, you know, go through a couple of things and uh, hopefully you will um, get, you know, you will get a greater understanding. To embrace means to accept or support, since we're talking about embracing equity. Embrace means to accept or support a belief, a theory, or a change willingly and enthusiastically. And it means to hold something or someone close as a sign of affection. However, equity recognizes and acknowledge that each person has different circumstances and allocates the exact resources and opportunities needed to reach an equal outcome. God has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness, so he has given us equity. We have been given equity by him to execute, which means to put to death something or to carry out a plan or a course of action. But how do we do that? First of all, we plan. We all heard the familiar scripture, write the vision and make it plain. How do you know where you're going if you don't, you know, set a plan? Find out what your blueprint is. Find out what it is that you were born and purpose for. A friend of mine said it like this. Purpose is not what you were born for. Purpose is what you're willing to die for. What is that thing that lights your fire every day, whether you would get paid or not? Find out what your purpose is and then set order in your life. You can't you can't pursue equity or pursue your greatness if everything in your life is off balance and out of order. What sequence do you need to, to follow in order to, um, to release the book or release the business or release the ministry that you have? Don't skip steps because one important misstep can mess up the whole thing. I'm telling y'all, we always looking for shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to greatness. You have to put in the work. There's no, somebody said it like this, heavy is the head that wears the crown. You have to go through the process. You have to set boundaries with people. You're going to have to cut off some people and places and things for the betterment of your vision. You're not going to always be able to go out and spend $100 on dinner. You're not going to always, you know, be able to go on that girl's trip and things like that because the greater good is calling you and beckoning you. So what are you willing to give up for your greatness? What are you willing to give up in exchange for the equity that you have in God? Think about that. And, and one of the biggest problems we have is people pleasing. We're trying to make sure that everybody is happy with what we're doing. Mm -mm. Destiny killer. Destiny killer. Everybody is not going to be happy for you, not even in your own family, not even among people that you call friends. You have to find the power within to forge ahead and what you know God has called you to do. Uh, 
It doesn't matter if they approve or not. It, it wasn't, as they say, it wasn't a conference call when God called you. It, it's not, you know, it's not for them to cheer you on. And what course of action are you going to take after you set these boundaries? Are you going to be disciplined? We all, we don't never, we don't want to talk about discipline. We don't want to talk about discipline. Discipline says I deliberately decide to do a thing for the greater good of myself. I'm not going to, you know, like I said, I'm not going to skip steps. I'm not going to halfway do it. I'm either all in or all out. This is how you embrace the equity that God has given you. You simply execute what it is he's given you. The only way to execute what God has assigned for you to do is to embrace and support the equity he, he has provided. When you get to a place where you're about to implement your ideas and things like that, the resources will come. God never puts you in a position where he has not provided. And if you're not receiving what you think you should receive, dig again, go back and ask him, get clarity. Trust me, he does not let us walk around being confused about what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to implement what he gave us. He is very concise and very matter of fact. And if you can't hear him, this is what coaches are for. This is what, you know, business people and marketers and all of those things that we have in the earth is for to help us. All of us in this room have something that we can offer each other to help us reach our goal. I'm not I'm not ashamed to or should I say I'm not um, apprehensive, apprehensive about telling you how to do a thing because I feel like I'm threatened that you're going to take my position. We all have our own position. Even if you write the same book with the same title, it will not come out like mine. We are we are unique. God created us that way. We we are not in competition with each other, ladies. We are here to work together so that everybody else who don't think that we're somebody will see that we have the capacity that we have. I said this last year. We we have the market cornered on birthing. God has given us so much power and we don't really realize it. We are birthers. We are, we are the cultivators of, of this world. We cultivate the home. We keep, you know, we keep the children in line. We, we find that, you know, we take care of the budgets and all of those things. All of that is part of the equity that God has given us. He's given us brains, beauty, and brawn. We have what it takes on the inside of us to pursue and execute what it is that he has given us. We are a force to be reckoned with. You were created, as I said, to be to birth, rule, and reign. You are not powerless. I don't care what you don't have in your bank account. I don't care what did go right in your vision and plan. You are powerful and power-filled. You are brilliant and amazing. So, in closing, be wise in your dealings with yourself and mankind. As you continue, women, beautiful queens, to pour into yourself and others, Make sure that you that you save some of that what's in your cup for yourself. Ration, be wise. Don't pour out to the point where you're depleted and, and you're not at your best. We need you at your maximum peak. Your family needs you at your maximum peak. We're waiting with excitement. I know I am. I'm waiting with excitement for your business, your books, your products, and all of that so I can cheer you on and support. I, you know, we, we're in this together. And so I celebrate you all for your strength, your power, and your greatness. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for thank you for forging ahead when it was tough. Thank you for getting back up, Divya, after you failed. Thank you for breaking the bias and breaking glass ceilings. Thank you for all that you do. I don't think we say it enough to each other as women. I am proud of you, everyone in this room. I am proud of each and every one of you.
Each day is another opportunity to be great. And someone said it like this, where there's a woman, there's a miracle. Say that to yourself. Where I am, I am a miracle. Thank you so much. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? Thank you so much, Monique. Thank you for pouring into us. Thank you for pouring and breathing life into us. And I think we all know what to do. Take action to what she's given us and empower yourself to be more. But also she's talking about the fact that we need to really say it to each other to bring ourselves all up, really. We need that. We need that. So we celebrate you all, women. We celebrate you, Monique. Thank you so much. And uh, oh, now we are going to move on to um, someone else um, who has to leave at this point in time, and that's uh, Sandra Powell. Yes, so Sandra is a director in Deutsche Bank, um, trade lifecycle product owner. She's a technology uh, manager. She is an advocate for apprenticeship. She's all many things. Um, I remember I, I was trying to get in touch with her and uh, we finally managed to talk and we talked for an hour. I was um, amazed that we talked for an hour, but on reflecting on our talk, we rolled on from empowering one another to talk about our career paths and moved on into raising children, schools, and that's how women's conversations are. We have so many segments to drift into and empower each other. And that was our first time to connect with one another. And we spoke for one hour. I don't think it was enough. I wanted to still go on and hear from this amazing woman. So Sandra, over to you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you all for, uh, thank you Sarah for inviting me to speak at this event. And thank you all for the ladies who've already who've already spoken up. It's been a really, you know, empowering event to, to kind of listen to everybody's story. And I think that ultimately this is what we're all, this is what we're all talking about. It's our stories. It's our journey. It's where we are now. It's where we've been and where we want to get to. Um, so obviously I was speaking, I was speaking to Stella, I think it was, it was only last week. And um, I was talking about, um, I, you know, I work for Deutsche Bank and, and I work and I've worked in technology and in finance for a very long time. Um, and if you want to talk about an environment where it is male dominated, there can't be um, two environments that aren't uh, as dominated as those two are. You know, if I look back at my journey, um, I think that because I've I've got I've got four brothers. And so I never felt uncomfortable in an environment with all men. Um and you know, I I think about my my mother who always who always told me that if I wanted to do something, that it was you know it was mine to have, and not to let anybody tell me that I could do it if I wanted to do it. And you know, I you know I started my career um, more than thirty years ago um, in banking where there were no women, um, and in a lot of ways there aren't that many women there now. Um, in senior management senior management positions. And I suppose one of the things that I I look for now is how do as I sit in 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 a chair where I can uh, try and affect change is how do we bring equity in an IT environment into a banking environment? You know, how do I how am I visible in those spaces to um 
to make sure it is clear that, the, you know, this is a place where women um, are welcome and to show women externally that, you know, we, you know, I am there and they are welcome. And I think that it's very difficult. Most of the, um, you know, I've um, put myself out there over the last couple of years and most of the younger women I speak to um, do not see banking as a place for them to be and do not see them as a place for IT to be. And if I look at information technology, it's in a lot of ways, it's the great leveler. It's, it's, it's a place where anyone can enter. Um, you don't really need a qualification. It is a place where you can learn. There are so many tools for you to be able to learn and kind of enter into that environment. And when we think about the way the world is uh, moving and where it's moving towards, you know, we are all going to have to um, be able to navigate um, that environment. Um, and so part of the, the wealth, the, the role that I have is to kind of, we did an apprenticeship scheme and I'm an advocate for the apprenticeship scheme. And it's really about bringing people in um, to these spaces where, um, who have the same background as me. You know, I am, my parents from the Caribbean, I'm first generation British, um, black British, you know, I don't have a degree and I listen to all these wonderful women talk about their degrees. Uh, and, you know, I entered, I entered the workplace without that. And I wanted to make, I wanted to be an advocate for that. I wanted it to be clear to people who didn't have that background that they can do this as well. They can be in those spaces and, and they can um, move themselves forward and they shouldn't settle. They shouldn't settle for less. Um, and so there I stand there and say, you know, especially for women, young women, 19, 20 years old, coming into the world of work and, and saying, you know, this is a space for you and you can do it too. And you don't have to have all of this, all of the pieces of paper that maybe people are telling that you have to have, especially if you don't, you, you know, you can't afford to do it or your parents can't afford to do it. You know, Stella talks about, you know, the, you know, her journey and her aunt and her mother. And, you know, it, you, it takes a certain type of um, person to just keep going right, to just keep going when it looks like, you know, there isn't an option. And I suppose that the reason why we're all here today is to talk about the fact that we just kept going, you know, whatever it happened to be. And is there a route for us to do that? And what are, what are the options for us to do that? And there are, all, there are many, many doors and there are many opportunities. And the point is to pick one. Um, one of the, uh, the the original speakers, I think it was a, a, a TT who was saying, um, you know, it's to you know she took the opportunities that she was given, and not, and she didn't she wasn't waiting for to be welcomed in to that space, and I think one of the challenges always is is that do you even recognise the opportunity when it's in front of you? It's very sometimes it's very hard to recognise when the door is actually open. Um, and some in you're being not you're being invited to walk through, but it's open. So go ahead and walk in. Don't wait to be invited. Um, but the first thing is to be able to recognize it. And I think that as as we are all becoming visible um, and speaking up for young women, um, that is so important 
that you know they can see that you know we come in all different come in all different guises all different backgrounds all different uh, racial groups and that we are we're all essentially the same and we can all learn from one another i mean how we want to move that forward i was be, i was listening to dr catherine and she was talking about you know saving something for yourself and i think that we are we are <laughs> You know, if I look back at my generation, we didn't save anything for ourselves. And I look at my mother's generation, they didn't save anything for themselves. Um, and I think that it is, I, you know, I've, I've got a daughter and, you know, she she's not interested in doing what I did. You know, and I look at her and I say, you know, she's paid attention to what I did. And I applaud her for it. I absolutely applaud her for it. Because life is for living. And it's about, you know, how you decide what your journey is going to be and choosing it. Um, and I think that that is, is something that we should all be, um, when we look back and say, we all live a lot longer these days. Um, you know, what do we want to choose? And, you know, if I think back on my career, I think I've done it, you know, I've reinvented it at least three times. Um, and there's always an opportunity to do it again, do something else or just do less. <laughs> um, so that is, uh, so, so from my, so my perspective, that's, it's kind of um, how, you know, I'm looking at where I am now. Um, when I look back, you know, I think about all the, what we could now call microaggressions and biases um, that were there in the workplace. And, you know, as women, we, we either say nothing you know, we say where a sentence will do, there's a whole paragraph that we speak. And that takes a certain amount of energy uh, to do that, to be constructive, not be seen as angry or upset or emotional. And all those words that get used to make us feel as if we shouldn't be here. And then why are you here? And this is not a place for you. Um, and I think that... Um, has we has there more has there are more women in entering these spaces? We're actually saying to people we're not going to put up with it anymore, and we just call them out on it now. So I'm not going to listen to this, and you know this is not my problem. This is your problem, and you know I, I'm going to I'm going to continue to move on. But you know there is a certain amount of resiliency that is going to be required in order for us to do this, and it would be. It would be great if we didn't have to, but I think definitely over the next 20 years, um, women who are coming through are going to have to have it, but maybe the next generation won't have to do it. And that's kind of how, how I see it, because even if I look at the younger women who are coming through the organisation now, and, and many organisations, it's not just in banking, it's in all organisations. When I look at engineering, across all the different sectors, whether it's the public sector or the private sector, in, 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 in the UK, you know, there are so many women coming through and, you know, they will make it easier for the next group, but it's going to take, it's going to take time. What I say to people who may be just a little bit younger than me, I just say it's going to take 20 years, which feels daunting, but it has to be done and it will make it easier for the, the next group. So uh, from, from my perspective, it's really what I want to do maybe the next 15 years and how I advocate for women, how I advocate for young, um, young women, especially people who are leaving school, 
um, leaving um, colleges and making them see that, you know, the world is their oyster and there is nothing they can't do if that's what they want to do. If they put their mind to it, they can do it and the door is open. So, um, so Stella, thank you very much for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to me today. Um, and if anybody has any questions, um, and, and obviously there's a bio that's just gone out. So thank you for putting out the bio. You can get in touch with me. I'm, a, I'm on LinkedIn. But it's been really wonderful listening to you all. So thank you all very much. How empowering is that? And I, I did a, a small post uh, on that. The fact that you you put those women and young women and young men and also those um, other individuals who don't have degrees into a perspective that they also have the same level of playing field, just understanding that you have these opportunities because most people say, I don't have that degree. That's the end of it. You are giving us a new perspective that actually the door is open and it's still possible for a year. So no matter where you are, these opportunities exist. Thank you so much for sharing and opening us, our eyes to, to the view that it is possible and for you to even go up to the ranks. Sandra is a director in Deutsche Bank. So you can still go up there. So whatever limits that we, um, we have, um, most of them are set by ourselves, but actually there are opportunities that are outside there. So let us not limit ourselves. Let's use the opportunities. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you. You're welcome.